Is it for real? We used to love it then. We watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is Is It it For Real? This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. And this week, we decided to actually pick a Christmas movie, uh, unlike last week's Gremlins 2, uh, which I would never undo because it was magical. Uh, But we picked Scrooged, Scrooged, the 1988 Bill Murray classic retelling of A Christmas Carol. And because it's a retelling of A Christmas Carol, we're not really going to get into the synopsis um, because hopefully you all learned it in fourth grade literature class or whenever people. Well, there's so many, there's so many retellings, right? What are your other favorites? I mean, mine is like, no, that's not a Christmas Carol. (laughs) I I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm a big fan. Um, I I like the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol. Are there any others that you guys? The only one I could think of was the Mickey Mouse one, which I also grew up on. Yeah. I need to watch. I I love the Muppets more than anything, and I think it's the one movie of theirs I've not seen. Oh. So I really, I really need to watch it. Um, I'm also, I'm also sure there's a shit ton of like TV episode retellings of it. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Scrooge. Oh the yeah, character. there's a lot of TV shows. Oh that yeah, do. the whole character of Scrooge McDuck, like, is it? Isn't it? That's like, isn't my it? level, yeah. Katie. Oh, sorry. No, I also have right. a question. While we're on these like remake things, isn't It's a Wonderful Life kind of it too loosely? It's like, it, it's kind of, I mean, it's Clarence. It's the one angel the whole time, but I feel like it's past, present, future. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch. Sure seems like it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, like I said, we didn't get someone this week, but we're just going to go into our levels and just see where we're at with this movie. Yeah. So... Well, I can start because Katie stole my level, but that's okay. Still have the Christmas spirit for you. Um, My level is Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) And I picked that because I've never seen this movie. And when I was little and I remember people talking about it, I thought they were talking about Scrooge McDuck. And then I think it's really interesting that, you know, the DuckTales uncle, uncle? that he is Scrooge all the time when Scrooge is a name that Charles Dickens created around Christmas time. And like, what a cool name for like kind of a curmudge, right? Like Scrooge. It just sounds. My parents just knew when I was born that I was going to be a Scrooge and that's what they named me. Yeah. I was thinking about, is that onomatopoeia, I guess, where I, yeah. I was thinking of Charles Dickens, like it, it seems like it's impossible that um, the term Scrooge didn't exist before that because the sound of that word is so, it's meaning. Like he almost got run over by a horse and carriage and the rich guy inside just yelled out, Scrooge. Yeah, totally. totally. I just want to add really quick back to the conversation on a quick Google search that uh, Family Ties, Saved by the Bell, Boy Meets World, and Great News are just some of the TV shows that featured versions oh, yeah. of Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Like, there's like, here's the AV Club has 23 episodes that feature a Christmas Carol. So you could you could we'll, get your fill. We'll post that on our yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. Um, my level is just going to be menacing ribcage puppets because that uh, really scared me as a however old I was and I saw this in the theater um, and I've seen it many times since but uh, 
yeah, that one really, really got me. Mm-hmm. Um, my level, let's see, I think is going to be Christmas Carol candy cane. Um, because the actress Carol Kane has the most Christmassy name. And she, to me, I did, I saw this movie a couple of times as a kid, but it was interesting. I was talking to my sister and she like kind of doesn't, she can barely remember seeing it. So I think I saw it at a friend's house a couple of times. And I definitely remember the cover with like Bill Murray, like smoking with like that skeleton hand. Um, but Carol Kane's character always really stood out to me as like, I think I like this, but I also think I'm terrified of this. Like it was like her character that let me know I might be too young to watch this. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be watching someone just like get the crap beat out of them for the whole, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, so that was very abusive. It Although was that it's very Tom and Jerry's. It is. It totally is now, now that I've watched it as an adult, but as a kid, I, I just, um, I, I had forgotten that she wasn't the ghost with him the whole time. I, I ascribed much more of this movie to her. So, and I really like mm. Carol Kane as well. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. So yeah, I think with that, we can, uh, we can jump into the movie. Um, it's so the retelling is reset in like eighties TV culture. And mm-hmm. Bill Murray is the big, bad uh, TV exec. Oh yeah. This movie may have some of the most repeats of previous yeah. incredible incredible i mean it's, it's the same wild. it's just manhattan it's just it's just like late 80s <laughs> manhattan right this movie was 88 i think yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, um but first we we get we get to be like looped into the world of tv and movie culture with this. the the whole thing is super meta right it's like a yeah. meta within a meta within a meta so the first thing we see is this like ambush scene on the North pole with like guns uh, and they're the $6 million man. Yeah. The night, the night the reindeer died, which is a movie <laughs> I would like to see. <laughs> that seems incredible. Guaranteed to be better than reindeer games with Ben Hoofleck. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I don't know if I really have seen that. Yeah. The, the one show that they like glimpsed in after this that I, I mean, several of them I really wanted to see, but Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas, <laughs> uh, where he's like pulling himself along in the swamp with an alligator. Uh, it did. It him. did kind of, and maybe because Bill Murray's in it, but it did almost seem like an SNL Christmas special where they're just yeah. going to parody every single network's like Christmas thing. Written by two former SNL writers. That's um, right. Yeah. Interesting backstories. I forgot to mention something earlier with my level that I think is important, which is that this is the first movie for Is It For Real that I recorded off of cable television. Well, and jealous. Watched. Can I tell you my plight is that I was uh, trying to, this is like the most boring detail ever <laughs> that will ever be recorded on podcast history, but I was trying to watch it and you know you can like search on your tv and you know when it's like when something's already in progress you can't that's the only thing it'll let you do so i could either watch it an hour in or buy it so i ended up buying it but then bridget i noticed that it is playing at 6 p.m pacific time and now until christmas i'm pretty yeah, sure amc uh, yes. i didn't even think it well now i yeah. may have missed some things though however i mean it was a two-hour recording but yeah. there were commercial breaks and i noticed like they they tried to put them in at good edit points i think but i also oh. read something about a scene that was removed for television 
And I don't know if you guys saw this and sorry if I'm like jumping ahead, but like a scene about an airplane going into a building. Yes. Well, it blows up. I did not see that. No, no. I actually have a note about that. It's, you know, so we're kind of there where he sees, he sees um, the the ad people that he works with, including Bobcat are presenting him what they want to be the special. And then he's like, no, it should be this. And it's like this really intense, like doomsday. Yeah. And one, it's actually very interesting. You say that because one of the images is international terrorism. And there's a plane that just blows up. And I have the note, I have the note that like, this was definitely before nine 11 because it says international terrorism. And like, they just don't do that anymore. Maybe you just don't see that. I, I watched that part obviously, but I don't remember that particular I'm sure they scene. cut I'm sure they cut the plane. It's just a clip of what he's explained he's like proposing to gotcha. the network. I have to go back. I was mainly just focused on the highway murders and it's a shotgun pointed right at the camera and I was like Katie really loved this one. <laughs> there is a lot of shotgun lot of at camera. Oh my right, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Popcat. I'm like how Jeez was Louise. by the time, by the end of it I was almost desensitized because I was like ah there's a little too guns yeah. to make this a Christmas special for me they were but... pushed in the pg-13 for sure yeah. yeah uh we can get to more of that in katie's boob corner one thing they yeah. do have that i really liked uh in this movie is they featured mary lou retton several oh times oh my god so great as tiny tim and she is um like my childhood idol like i oh, remember cool. this poster of her and hanging in our like gymatorium and it, it was like her got milk poster and oh yeah totally said this before i don't know but anyway i just i like thought that she was just like the coolest i was like i'm gonna be mary lou retton when i grow up of course spoiler it, it didn't happen <laughs> i think it i mean i have a note about how cool it is that they i mean they get her to do it and she actually does the backflip but even the explaining of it like it's just adjacent to what would actually be on tv it's like right God, yeah. they probably wouldn't do it, but it's close to what they actually would do. It's pretty funny. Because I got to think of like how these live performances of all these things oh, are yeah. now the rage. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's if that that had been the theme of stuff back in the 80s, they definitely would have. Totally. Oh, my God. So, Tiny so Bobcat Goldthwaite, who's not my favorite performer who we've seen before, yeah. is in this movie. His name's Elliot. And he, I thought, I thought he was going to be the Bob Cratchit character at first. Yeah. I, but he's not. He's like a different character. I think it's a mix of it. I think they sort of split it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grace is definitely the Cratchit character. But she doesn't get fired. And I mean. That's true. But, but, her, in, but he kind of screws her over because he doesn't give her the bonus and sure. hence her son doesn't talk because she doesn't get that bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. But I, I still think it's split with probably like an 80 or 90% to, what was her name, Grace? Yeah, mm-hmm. Alfred yeah. Woodard. Who's amazing. Yeah, I looked it up and yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, I'm rewatching all the Marvel movies. She just had a cameo in one of them oh she i love her i think she's great yeah i thought she was amazing and i'm also like i was actually kind of like pleasantly happy that there was like a lead black character absolutely character um i was like a little concerned about how like they might portray her family but i think it i think it was portrayed pretty well i'm happy to hear if other people have other thoughts but um, i wrote down that very same thing it really sticks out with like the movies that we've watched of these years it sticks out that there's a female like second lead frankly and a person of color like Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool and i just think i just really like her 
And yeah, probably the most likable character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And we we see, you know, I mean, I think this first scene is like very funny. And of course, I've never seen this, but I kind of like love this awkward meeting they're having in the boardroom and just like how people are responding. And Bill, like obviously Bill Murray is just like so weird and awkward and strange. And his face, I don't know, there's something about his face that's just so funny to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I do. I agree with you. And at this point I have a note that says screaming does not suit Bill Murray. And I was interested as I did more reading and Phil, maybe you read the same thing when researching the writers that like, I guess, I don't know if it was one of the writers or the director that just kept on telling him louder, louder, louder. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill Murray, I think he had in an interview with Roger Ebert was like, I think he was deaf. Like he just kept on wanting it louder. Bill Murray did not enjoy filming this movie. And I don't think you can mm-hmm. actually tell that, but it's a, it was interesting reading that in retrospect, but it kind of made me feel better. Cause I'm like, yeah, like what, what is he doing? Like, I feel like this character was perfected in his performance in um, Groundhog Day. It's like, yeah. yes. That yeah. is him running with this like curmudgeon that doesn't believe in magic. But um, the, the he could have played it if they would have just let him do what he did. I think it didn't have to be so frankly, just like scream, scream prov, you know? You, you definitely can see in a couple of scenes where he's at like an 11 and his heart just isn't in, in it. Totally. And yeah. My next favorite little moment. Um, well, well, so we, you said Frank fired fires Ellie. That's Bobcat Goldthwait. So yep. kind of for no reason. And then he like rips up Grace's like kids drawing of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Oh my God. So you're just like, you're it getting to crap, know that he's, though. come on. <laughs> like it was adorable. And then I loved the whole gift giving like scene where he's deciding between towels or VHS um oh yeah players. it was like a funny i guess at the time like update to like the original bob cratchit who gives or not uh, scrooge who gives like people nothing for christmas one um, other thing i just because I, I like i said bill murray's line readings in some of this and they're all improvised as well just some he wasn't in it all the way but i loved his line of and now i have to kill all of you at the very beginning yes it just he sold it he sold that one so well yeah just comedically but whereas some of the other improvising i i felt a little bit less than on it well i was reading that he said something like and maybe that was the scene he's like i think there's one scene in this movie that was mine and everything else was just so directed like so over directed mm-hmm. um which i i I don't know. I was reading uh, him saying that and the writers actually saying that they wrote such a better script. They were just saying like, this could have been such a different movie, hmm. um, which I, I was kind of surprised to read that, but yeah. By the by, I love where I work and what I do, but um, one year we did get towels for Christmas, which was pretty funny. And it reminded me of this. And then um, one year, towel. one year we got umbrellas for Christmas, which hmm. is, well, well, yeah, but in in Southern California, it's like literally the funniest <laughs> gift ever because I don't I don't know that I've used it. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, a good towel, though. I, I have no. No, idea I mean, like I was laughing at this, but like again, a towel is a very practical gift in San Diego. Much much more practical than a VCR. <laughs> no, I also, the time. Today. I also Today. like. <laughs> 
Guess what you guys I, are getting for Christmas? Because I hope he it's says, a top of the line VCR. Because he doesn't say VCR, he says VHS. And I thought he meant he was just going to send a random blank tape. <laughs> like that that's what he was getting. <laughs> and it made more sense when he opened the I wonder if it was the days of like VHS v versus beta. I wonder that's too. That's why they had Probably. to differentiate. Totally. Before they squashed them. So um, we get to meet we get to meet Frank's boss, Preston, who who comes by and is trying to sell him on making TV programs for cats and dogs, which that's a thing. A, There's a whole a channel for right? it is a thing. Cats. Yeah. So it way to look thing. into the future, everyone. Totally. Um, and there's a little payoff moment of that later on in the movie that really made yep. me really happy. Totally. Um, and we also get to see Clamp again. Clamp. Yeah, I definitely have Clamp with seven oh, exclamation five, marks. Five exclamation it. marks. I mean, what I just I felt like this movie was for us. I was like, oh my god, he just walked over from the set of Gremlins too. And <laughs> and thanks to our interview with um, the fabulous Grant Arndt, I feel like I know him better too. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You can tell that you can tell that he's a nice guy actor. Um, so yeah. Which and we'll get into it a little bit later, but I wonder if my feelings for him from Gremlins 2 bled into his character in this one. Like I said, for his later scenes, we'll sort of talk I, about that. Mm. I want to talk about that as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Frank has a scene also with his brother, which is which is very on par with the actual Christmas Carol, where Scrooge sees his, his brother and says they won't see each other. But I like looked away for a second and I came back and I thought it was his boyfriend. Well, it's Bill Murray's real brother. Oh, really? How many yeah, real brothers were in this movie? Three. Which three. Is nuts. Wait, yeah. I don't know this at all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, fun trivia for you. Who's the other one? Brian okay. Doyle Murphy, who played his father, who gave him the veal. Murray, um, but yeah. Wait, what now? You said Murphy, but. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's still Murray. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, felt, yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then. Oh, uh, his dad when he was a kid. Yes. Yep, yep, uh-huh. yep. yep. Who and, I th- I thought that was the guy from Strange Brew at first. <laughs> yeah, they have Dave Thomas. Si- yeah, yeah, yeah. They look similar. similar he's the look. guy. He's in Groundhog Groundhog's Day. Yep. Dave Thomas. The, no, 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 Brian no, Doyle no. Murray. He okay. he's the holder or the guy with the top hat who commands the. Yeah, Groundhog. I haven't seen that in a really long time. Maybe we should put it oh, on the list. So and then I guess a party guest at his brother's party later on in the movie is his other brother. Who's Joel Murray? And yeah, he's like the only other guy that's. Oh, we've that, talked like, about Joel Murray before, haven't we? Or maybe maybe he's like a big IO improv guy, and he was on Mad Men. That was his big claim to fame. Oh, right. Mad Men. But um, I mean, on I think there's like maybe one or two more brothers, but he. This is a kind of the catch-all movie. There for was sure. there was this surrealistic show on Comedy Central where it was all the Murray brothers and they would play rounds of golf Yes, and it just went in just crazy directions. <laughs> I remember really liking it, but oh, I have no idea. Um, That's yeah. I've only ever read about it. Um, it, was, but I, it was good. I did think it was interesting though to cast his brother as his brother and his brother as his father. Cause like yeah. they do look alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, All right. I buy it. Yeah. yeah. So um, Bill Murray's back at his office and this is where he gets the, you know, the Marley warning, but it's Hayward. Um, who's the who's the dead guy that used to run the the TV? By the way, what does IBC stand for? The TV network, International, International Broadcasting, Broadcasting Company. 
company. All right. I, didn't know. <laughs> I asked my, I, I, I'm not, he's, I asked my seat, my uh, viewing partner that I think out of context, kind of, it was like later on the movie. And I said, what does IBC stand for? And he said, irritable bowel. And then I was like, no, we're not talking about irritable bowel syndrome. When, bowel I, syndrome when I saw the logo, C. that is the first thing I thought of. Yeah, and then I was totally. like, no, it's S not C. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, but it's C. But yeah. this movie e, was made, I think before no, the, that before ibs became a thing right kind of especially before it was like abbreviated look people have been having tummy trouble for years okay they just didn't label it although before we get to him returning to the office he has the scene where he steals the cab from the old woman and i think i just learned this term this week and that's why i want to bring it up but it's the um save the cat moment so when you have a hero you i've maybe one of you guys told me this but when you when you have a hero you have them do something like save a cat early on in the movie that you know that they're this person's good oh. and of course bill murray has like three scenes where he like kills the cat right. early on to show that that he's bad oh. and one is just stealing this old lady's cab and then giving her a double finger um <laughs> yeah stealing bird. a cab is is kind of like the opposite of saving a cat really yeah it's, and it's he, used so much he does. It's not just like glide in. It's a toss up. He l- does a look over your shoulder and then steals it. Now, what? Yeah. Like, how much does this happen, right? And like, we've seen it happen a few times in movies. It happened in Look Who's Talking. I think it's happened a few times. But like, does this happen a lot? I've been to New York many, many times and ridden in cabs. I've never had anybody steal a cab from me. Am I just missing out? Am I not stealable? Like, what? What I think it? it's just a timing thing of like when you're trying to catch a cab yeah. and from where Okay. and people just get desperate. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I imagine a... if you, it might be more like if you live in New York or if you're, if you're constantly having to catch a cab home from work and you're like mm. getting it at rush hour in, yeah. in like, you know, down in the financial district, it might be a little more All like, right. Fair but enough. now with Uber and, you know, now with rideshare, I don't, right. I, I don't think it's really a thing anymore. Also, if you're Mr. Moneybags and you're taking cabs everywhere, then <laughs> I, whatever. Yeah, totally. Okay, so now I was thinking to- about our bonus episode with Grant, which I thought was so great. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it about Gremlins. Yeah, I had so much fun. Gremlins 2 bonus amazing. episode. Bonus episode. When I was, uh, when we, when we met Hayward, because I was thinking about his makeup Oh my and, god! Yes, and his cre- like his creature makeup basically, and I I really thought it was great. I actually like loved his creature makeup. I thought it was that mouse climbing out of his head, which well, made me throw up in my mouth. I mean, yeah. I'll just say ditto to everything you just said. I mean, <laughs> that part was disgusting, and then the somehow like the golf ball coming out was like oh, like it was like the birthing of something from someone's skull yeah. is disgusting. But I also, I mean, I'm with one of our medical um, consultants that we pay for on the right. show from our Patreon, um, right. I watched it with her, uh, uh, Annie ICU. And she was saying like, she agreed with me where I was like, that's like realistic dead person. Like he looks dead. I mean, he yeah. looks like they dug up somebody and that, that somebody has come to life. So good. I loved although, it. Yeah. Although what made me throw up in my mouth a little bit, this was almost <laughs> my level as well. <clears throat> was the sort of chicken arm ripping apart when he's held outside the window. First of all, that window like effect always seemed really good. And I I thought that really held up as far as just pushing him through the window and holding him there. But oh yeah, that was cool. That ripping across off the arm just always, I remember in the theater it got me and it got me this time too. 
I, this is where I, where I struggle with eating meat sometimes, especially chicken wings. They're so delicious. Yeah. But there's so many things that replicate. <laughs> that remind you that you're remind eating an animal. Of, that remind me that of eating was, an animal. That was actually the part for me that was, it, it went back to a little bit of like movie makeup where like you could, you could kind of just see the synthetic rubber or whatever it was, you know? And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's how a dead person's arm would crumble, but it was gross. <laughs> It right. was I think, disgusting. I think they were literally just going for gross. They yeah, achieved it. Yeah. It's yeah. such an interesting, I mean, this movie is kind of like this combo of like Ghostbusters, Gremlins, like equal yeah. Scrooge. It was yeah. such an interesting oh, thing. And also just because this is exactly where I have it written down in my notes. Um, and I think I forgot to do it last time, but for the German name corner. Yes, um, I was actually wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it has an awesome sort of story. It's Die Geister, die, or sorry, Die Geister, die Ich Reif, which is the spirits that are called, which is a line from the sources, Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is actually a German, a long German poem, which uh, Nora is apparently a huge fan of. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Interesting. Little I, German lit. For... I did read that um that speaking of Ghostbusters, that like Bill Murray, this was like his kind of return to the big screen yeah. after Ghostbusters one. And I guess like they given them the script a, a couple of years prior and he just like wasn't ready to do it. And then he finally agreed. And then they promoted it like very much leaning into the whole ghost element. And they were mm. saying like Bill Murray is back with it with ghosts, but this time it's three versus one. And like all of the, all of the billings, which kind of like rem reminded me of how they used to advertise movies, which is very much like about the actor that was in them rather mm. than like mm -hmm. the, the art of the movie alone, which is just interesting to remember. So um, Frank wakes up, wakes up after falling in his office and the, yeah. the phone is dialing Claire Phillips on speakerphone. Her real um, number. Yeah, like, no a real five, number. five in there. Did you call I it? I called it. Yeah, what'd you find <laughs> the, out? Um, that I she's now, still working at the shelter. She uh, does, but I somehow have a timeshare after I called that number. Yeah. That's ah, amazing. I what a time to have a timeshare. What about Claire yeah, Phillips? Yeah. Let's talk about her as like a movie babe. Like, what do you guys think? Like, uh, as the resident straight lady on this, uh, this call, like, I, I wasn't like, I was like, is, is Claire Phillips hot? Is she 80s hot? Like, what was the vibe for Claire Phillips? Yeah, I, I had a crush on her from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Totally. So Absolutely. I definitely that crush continued into oh. this one not so much in the future vision okay. but her oh yeah that future vision where her teeth yeah. were covered in lipstick yeah somehow in future vision when you stop doing charity you start dressing in mind makeup insane well i think yeah which probably my makeup isn't too far from like upper east side I guess Old not. Bitties, you just I guess. You like literally put like white like foundation <laughs> on weirdest. I and of course like I think they like put her in that scene and then they had to say her name like so many times just so everybody knew that was still her. Yeah, Claire. 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 Yeah. Claire. 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 Well, Miss Claire. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I was oh, just yeah. gonna say I totally get it. Like I, okay. I, she works for me as a leading lady, and I think partly is like she has like a really genuine smile, mm -hmm. and yeah. she just seems like a 
and and her and Bill Murray have really good chemistry. Yeah, they just seem like they really have a lot of fun. So I'm jumping know, ahead she, a little bit, but I do really love their like at home Christmas scene a lot. Totally, totally, it's so cute. Although I just want to be annoyed by something right here. Go for and it. It's the really sweet girl ex girlfriend of an asshole trope. Yeah. You know, like everything about her is just very nice whatever you know she's committed to helping people is her job and then she just had and i guess they showed that he just evolved into this but she is ready to get back with him at the drop of a hat here even though he's a solid asshole when he comes by the the uh shelter or whatever (laughs) i was just thinking about that moment where they like see each other again and she's like you look different and then, like, later you realize it was just, like, because he had a mullet before. And now <laughs> oh, he doesn't mullet. look different at all. He doesn't yeah. look I mean, different he doesn't. He also, like, this just in, he still kind of has a mullet. Like, his hair's yeah, not Yeah, but that it's definitely short. a tidier mullet. It's tidier, but it, it made me wonder, because when we have the flashback of him, when it was just, like, a full-on raccoon, <laughs> like a, da- a coonskin hat, is what he's wearing. <laughs> um, it made me wonder if Bill Murray just didn't want his hair cut that short. Because it's still pretty yeah. shaggy in the back. Like, it's not like super flattering. It was like a wig from Larry Applebaum from Perfect yeah, Strangers. Apple- <laughs> that was the sort of totally. vibe I was getting. Oh, my God. What did you say? Applebaum? Applebottom. Applebottom. Uh, yeah, I did oh, say Applebottom. Applebottom. I was oh. actually pleased that I got his first name right. I know. I'm, I'm trying to you. think of it. Good job. Um, anyway, thanks for diving into that Claire Phillips uh, with me. I just, I mean, oh, I, I could see it. I think she's cute, but I'm always like very interested in like who, what people find attractive. And, like, I had a strong crush on her from Raiders okay. of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so it, like, totally. like I said, completely carried over to this one. So uh, we go to Grace's house and it's like Christmassy time. And uh, we see like kind of the dynamic of all of her kiddos Here's something, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, go ahead. Well, here's something from the scene, and and she has, like, five kids, it seems like. Like, there's, like, twins and then an older son. I don't know if some are, like, nieces and nephews. It's hard to know. I felt some were, but... Maybe, because it's, like, her and her mother. Um, But even from watching it as a kid, I remember them dressing Calvin up as a Christmas tree, and I still don't know if he liked it or not, and if we're, like... It's a hard, it, it's like a, I don't know. I feel like it was a misstep on the director's part because I'm like, are his brothers and sisters like torturing him? And this is this abusive situation for this kid oh. who is like mute and like traumatized or does he kind of like it and he's fine with it and they just love him and they love to dress him up as a Christmas tree. <laughs> I they, can't decide. I'm, I'm just realizing it, it must have been a reference to this, but there's a sort of end tag or whatever they're called from Community where oh they are doing that to Troy and he is like similarly like mute and oh God. Like, they, they come in and be like why are you doing this to him why are you letting him and then yeah. he like says because it's super fun and then they take turns okay um, it's kind of interesting um about the disability that Ooh, yeah child has right because like the trope of tiny tim being having like a physical disability and and the other things. And here he has like a trauma, a trauma induced disability. Um, That's why this movie is so fascinating to me because it's actually like a little more like, I'm not, I hate the word woke, but like, it's like, I don't know, like thinking about things in a different way, but either way, like the fact that like, 
his disability is cured like by 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 bill murray is a little not great yeah and Um, like one of the things that carol kane says later when they visit the house that i hate is because he then kind of learns about because bill murray sees him for the first time right and learns about his disability um and trauma and she i think carol kane says something like only he can cure himself he can choose and it's like screw off man yeah what? i don't think she like, got that right at all she i don't think that's, she did i don't think a... this i don't think this movie got that right like no it's a little i think yeah. i think it's something that like um in the is it for real like that part is not for real in that like it is so much darker now than i think what they meant it to be yeah and there, once again, from the airplane explosion, there's a few, like, there's a probably a yeah. good five of those in this movie. Yeah, totally. So, um, that then they're at the movie set and they're they're setting things up because they're going to have a, a live streaming of the Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve or day, Eve. And fun fact, a, a very meta, meta, meta of this production. I was reading that um, the writers, or I guess the, the studio, the producers wanted the film to be to continue filming on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And I think either, I guess the director um, really wanted to give people Christmas Eve and Christmas off. So he fired everybody on the 23rd and rehired them on hmm. the 26th. Hmm. They were filming it that ahead of time well i guess so i don't know i read that so maybe fact check no i guess that that works um well, was it a that's an interesting question was it a christmas release i i assume so i assume or like, like probably release on thanksgiving right yeah, right that's what i was gonna say yeah um i like the little part there where <laughs> okay but like who's this woman that keeps getting beat up on the set oh my god she's the sec or uh what is yeah SEC. The, oh, the bleep, the sensor people. The bleep person. Oh. And so this, this I think is where we go into Katie's corner. Yeah, a nipple, <laughs> nipple <laughs> jokes. I my boob my boob rating for this is nipple jokes. Um, uh, frowny face drawn by me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my note is. <laughs> Which is mm, yikes. I guess the um one of the guys improvised the line like. No, you can't see your nipple or whatever. You can I don't know. barely see those nipples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those oh, outfits were so weird. Uh, I I remember, and this is in my burgeoning sexuality, being like, they're revealing, but I don't like them. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, you know, just something about like high-waisted whatever's just, yeah. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. Don't yeah, I what I don't like about this is they're making that woman out to be like such a nag. And it's like, I think in a retrospective look, she's just protecting the female like yeah. performers and she's not terrible. And like you really busted her face with that lamppost. <laughs> like she got yeah. very hurt. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> moving the head later was more egregious. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, which is an interesting thing too, because like um, I just referred to her as Miriam, but um, or Marion, but yeah, Clay, I, you yeah, can just call her Marion. I know, right? Who so Marion um, uh, is watching him do all of this, which is really hard, and like he just kind of broke a woman's neck. Like, yeah, and she's fine with that. That's what I'm talking yes. about. This whole trope of like this really nice woman is just still solidly yeah. in love with this demonstratively 
huge asshole. And she like saved herself for him for 15 years. I, I will <sighs> say that I hope she part, got some or a good I know. vibrator. <laughs> but part of what I was, I was thinking about that. And especially when he like goes back to the shelter and like, it's like, oh my God, just as such a performative asshole. But Bill Murray is still kind of Bill Murray. So like you're partly, you're like, God, maybe he is just hypnotizing. Like, uh, but yeah, the trope, I don't appreciate at all. Um, so then um, Bill Murray has lunch with Preston. Oh, wait, can I note something? <laughs> this is when he's still, we're still at the studio, right? Where yeah. things are like crazy and he's, I, I do have a question of like how much the like president of this network would be involved in the details of this production, which seems kind of unsustainable. Um, but there's like the guy, the um, one of the production crew comes over and he says like that he, he tried to crazy glue the antlers onto the mouse, um, but it, it wouldn't stand for it. And then like Frank is like, oh, have you tried staples? And he's like, I would never hurt a mouse. That's like crazy growing something onto a mouse's head is like messed up. <laughs> like that's terrible. That's gonna ruin that mouse's life. Like you're crazy glued Aww. anything. Um, and then I was wondering later if that guy, I need to look it up. I wonder if that guy was actually a real like stage hand. Cause he, he just, he was very convincing. Oh, I loved his performance, yeah. whether he was or wasn't. It, <laughs> he just it seemed was very great. real. They yep. seemed like they pulled mm -hmm. him off another set. So he probably walked over from Gremlins too. And, and then I just, cause I have it motioned out. So he gets scared again that there's another ghost but it's actually Grace's son. And he sort of berates him and shakes him. And I just had oh, like right. profiling of just like, you picked the one black child and are like, who, how'd you sneak in here? That's... What sort of, what are you trouble are you starting to get into? And it's just like, ugh. I have the same yeah. note because as he's shaking him, there are these like white blonde girls walking behind them, yeah. like to the scene. And it's like, he, he's like, he doesn't know anybody, everybody in this production. He's clearly just signaling him out. Literally any child you saw on this set, you would think, oh, yes. they're a child actor. And that kind of crosses the line where it's like, uh, like heartless, like executive to like abuser. Like this guy kind of needs to be in prison. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. shaking random children is kind of nuts. So anyways, lunch. Okay, lunch with Preston. And we learned that Preston has hired Clamp. I don't know Clamp's actual name in this movie. Bryce, um, Bryce, yeah. but we definitely need to call him Clamp. Who starts Cute. talking about his lacrosse coach, which I love. Right, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, very Marylandy. I know. Um, to to he's gonna work with Frank, and then Frank starts to have like he well he thinks that this is the ghost, right? This is like this is also the ghost, but then yeah, he starts to have up, these yeah. hallucinations um about like what's real and what's not and there's like a blend of i guess the hallucin hallucination world and the, the ba baked alaska yeah you can tell that what frank is seeing is not necessarily what other people are seeing right yeah but before we go on i yeah. have such a fun fact about clamp that the whole marylandy thing made me think of if he had something to do with that line because guess where clamp the actor whose name i forget new graduated mexico. college from university of new mexico Towson University. <laughs> he was he grew up in Salisbury, Maryland. That I I bet he because so much of this movie I think was ad libbed. A hundred percent, he ad libbed that line. Totally, I'm so excited about it. Yeah, that's well, that awesome. makes perfect sense. I love uh, that. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> so, at the end of the restaurant scene, he like douses the on fire waiter, 
And then, yes. and I don't know if you guys caught this joke, but I thought you were Richard Pryor. Yes. Oh, I had yeah. to ask. I had to ask about that. Yeah. Because I wasn't I sure, like, but the, I got I got the information. Too soon. I did not have or, to ask yeah, about it. Yeah, he, probably. Like, I mean, sort of. Like, it had when to be was like that? right after it happened. I, I've got to think sort of mid to late eighties. Did we think. say it out loud? Yeah. So, so well, like what? Here's what I learned because I okay. didn't know this that Richard Pryor was like doing a lot of drugs mm -hmm. and yes. set himself on fire. Right. Yeah. Um, and like burned himself really bad. And he was like uh, freebasing cocaine, right? Is that what's called? That sounds right. Yeah. Where you're like bake cooking it, and yeah, like and the then oven. he like ran down i think a like ran outside like ran down like an la street Ugh. on fire i will say i know that he like he went on like the talk show circuit i've seen him on talk shows like not too long after that happened richard pryor like right. with a match like like kind of um he was repeating jokes yeah. that were made about himself so I don't know. With Bill Murray, I'm hoping that it was like insider and yeah. after sure. that, but it it didn't. It was like yikes. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little yikes. A lot of yikes. Totally. Um, so then Bill Murray Frank starts to like hallucinate. He thinks cabs are crashing into each other, and then he gets into <laughs> a crazy cab with John Travolta, and he's taking him to the hospital to have a baby. <laughs> Which this? I, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't go for it. Well, this guy was another, that was another like real memory that I had of watching this probably too young. This guy scared the crap out of yeah. me. This Not, guy yeah, he was scary. seemed to me like the lost boys in Pinocchio that like are half turning yeah. into donkeys. Like that is who is driving that cab in my. <laughs> Why I, does he have pointy ears? I don't, is he an elf? Oh, eh, who knows? I don't know. Okay. He looks so I, much like a dog to me yeah. that I always thought he was like half dog. I always pictured this guy as Tom Waits. And oh, yeah, okay. It's another sort of actor slash musician. Right. He was in like the New York Dolls or something like that. And his alias, well, I looked this up and now I'm forgetting it. Um, something like Rocky Rococo or, you know. Right. Um, yeah. I was reading that the part was originally supposed to be Sam Kinison, but the actor right. who ended, I know, who ended up playing it, whose name I can't remember either, the musician was um, somehow friends with Bill Murray. So like Ron that's Johansson how he... or something like that. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and so I was oying just because of the amount of like yelling that Bill Murray's doing oh. this. We threw <laughs> Sam Kinison on it. It would just be way too much. Whereas I think the energy that this guy brings to it, I think is just pitch perfect. Um, I ended up liking it when I first saw him on screen. I think because I was so like kind of scared of him as a kid. I was like, uh, here, here it comes. But I was like, no, this guy's really good. Yeah. They time travel back to 1955. Right. Yeah. And um, it's sad because Bill Murray says like they pull up to his childhood home and he's like, oh, my dad hasn't put the Christmas lights up yet. But like you kind of learn once he gets inside that that probably never happened i don't know like with yeah they said it's christmas eve which was sort of the underlining of that he's not putting up the lights yeah also it was interesting because when they pulled up outside of the house there was like a truck in the driveway that was like cross meets but like his dad wasn't home yet oh that might have been pulled an up. error and then he pulled up and came inside. So I don't know how many meat trucks they have, but maybe they have a few different meat trucks. Or he could have walked home. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, so we, we kind of get a glimpse in, I don't know exactly what it proves because like 
Bill Murray like wasn't a terrible human necessarily <laughs> for a while. Like he was kind of like an okay guy. Oh, yeah. But and like his mom like likes him. She calls him Frankie Angel and like she's just a distant 1950s mom. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think it's Don and Betty Draper if they were working classes. Like <laughs> yeah. what this what this is yeah. and then he has a little brother that's on the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's just like unhappy parents, like a stern father and like a distant mother. And we learn that his memories, he's mixing up watching television. Seems like a very lonely childhood of like he's mixing yeah. up like television yeah. as his own reality. Until yeah. his brother gets there and then he's I know. got a friend. I don't know. And it seems fine. Yeah. It didn't seem yeah, that bad. And he's getting veal for Christmas, so it's fine. A lot of it. Yeah. Um, we also go to like the the Christmas party next at, at work where we get to meet Frank's mullet. Yeah. Uh, uh, this like sort of like just like wild, raucous, like is this the seventies? Is it the late seventies? No, guess? it was yeah, late sixties, I think is what it, the cab oh. actually said. Oh really? Okay. Which I was yeah, surprised because was... I think it went to like sixty eight. Yeah. And that's when that one was. Um okay. I believe when... so photocopying your butt was still a cool thing to do <laughs> it looks like a fun party that looks like a mad men party yeah, yeah it did look like and i've had like yeah. one job where i worked in the private sector and they they would have some good parties i will say Makes sense i used to i've been to some fun part hey when i was a high school teacher those were some of the funnest holiday parties i ever had like seriously those people know how to party they were never at Steve. work though we were never partying at work no, we never did either, but it would just be like running out of place and getting an open bar sort of thing. At Center Stage in Baltimore, we had some really fun holiday parties. They had this like epic white elephant exchange and there was like a doll every year that appeared. Uh, red rum. It was like a red rum lookalike. <laughs> but, I used like, to... Go ahead. Yeah, that was fun. It's not a work thing, but I used to really like the big holiday parties. The, the big like white Christmas yeah. or the whatever it's called. Oh, white elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, I lost a ukulele to Heather's daughter Anne that um I'm still not over. <laughs> I thought I was home free. Then I had to trade it right at the end. Look, one time did you guys go to that party we had? Hey everybody, we're just gonna talk about this for a yeah. second. <laughs> that we planned that one time on the, at that Italian restaurant yep. on top of that old people. Yeah. Home. That's right I next did. to my house. That yes, was that's great. Right. Oh, you can like right see it house. from your house. I literally. That, I want to say I was really proud of that party. That was really fun. I'm, that was great. Okay. I had a good time there. Just, it's not a great business model. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible business model. Oh, to have to take like an elevator up to your, <laughs> your Italian yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so Frank, we, we, we learned the meet cute of Frank and Claire, which is that she hits him in the head with a door. Yeah. And then they hit heads again, so I'm worried they have concussions. And he has a lumpy head, and that's where we realize the uh, nickname uh, comes from. I yeah. didn't. Katie realize just that. realized that. <laughs> yeah, this is oh, on me. Really? Lumpy. Yeah. Aww. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, I love this scene. I love their like cutesy like New York apartment with like yeah. the open kitchen, and then um, I just think the, the the quote he said where he's like, "I never liked a girl enough to give her two sh- to give her sharp knives like i just think that's like no they clearly have some fun together and even like the kama sutra back and forth joke i mean bill murray is like being bill murray which is so fun i will say what something that like drives me nuts a little bit or that i just don't relate to is when people 
rip open uh, Christmas presents like they're rabid raccoons. <laughs> like when they're just like, ah, like it's, um, I don't, I don't relate to What's it. What's your technique? It. What do you do? Um, I don't know. Even as a kid, I was like trying to like save the wrapping paper, but it just felt, it feels crazy to just too loud. I don't know. Since <laughs> we're in much. the holiday season, can we talk about wrapping paper for a yeah, second? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. I love wrapping Christmas presents and I love unwrapping Christmas presents, but what a waste. Like, yeah. do you well, think we're going to move away from it eventually? Yeah. I mean, I sure hope so. But that's my Oof. feeling about it. I use newspaper. I only use. I only use newspaper. We always just use the funny section, funnies, right? The comics. I don't wrap any other presents in wrapping paper. I, at the book thing in Baltimore, I would go and get all these old maps out of the National Geographic. Oh, cool. And I would wrap presents in those maps. And that was like really fun That's for cool. a while. But I would use, I use old. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I use seal pelts. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we freshly, all know you fresh, do. And I love that sea. gift you gave me wrapped in a in a baby golden retriever pelt. <laughs> yeah. That oh was my really God. good, Philip. Too soon. Just Bye. kidding. I mean, I don't know. Soon is whatever. Um, I yeah, I they're use like magazines. I know baby golden retrievers are doing. Yeah. That's yeah. true. There's so um, many. No, yeah, I use newspaper and magazines and stuff. And I will say, I feel like I always catch a little bit of judgment from people because I don't buy wrapping paper. But I just think it's. I truly think it's ridiculous. And I've lived in enough places where it's like not really available. So it's like I don't know. Can I share I, one other thing about this? Yeah. Please. Okay. When my grandmother passed away, there was like a lot, it was like she and my grandfather had lived in their house for like 50 something years. It was, and there's a lot of furniture and a lot of stuff, but like I took my grandmother's wrapping paper collection and it included all this like ribbon and bows and paper. And I was like so excited because, and I'm still using it because I'm like, this is kind of recycled. And also the, the sad part about it is like a lot of it is wrapping paper she bought from me. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever had those <laughs> yeah, sales. I'm aware, like, of them. I'm aware of them. For like elementary school. I, I freaking yeah. love that. They would give you that like pamphlet yes. and it had like little samples of wrapping paper fun. in it. Oh, it was fun. But anyway, thank my grandmother bought so much yeah. of it from me. Yeah. I mean, that's I, nice. My thing is, has usually always been gift bags. Because yep. it's just, you know, drop it in, throw a piece of tissue paper, and then bim, bam, done. And then you can reuse them year after year. And you can reuse I, them. Yeah. yeah. I will say that uh, my wife lo- loves wrapping paper, and her wrapping paper is excellent. Um, it is price, excellent. It's, yeah, just, it's very stylish. I wish Nora would wrap me a present. I will say one, we can make one, that happen. one last happen. thing. If your wife or anybody's in the market for wrapping paper, I do feel obliged to say that Friends of Patterson Park uh, currently has lovely wrapping paper for sale. Oh. Um, which if I was a wrapping paper man, I would be really into the Friends of Patterson Park wrapping paper. I, I will. What if this whole conversation was just a plug so you could get to that point? Yeah. This is just this sort of intro ad for yes. our podcast. This podcast We're not even doing by... Scrooge. <laughs> Friends of Patterson Park. Rapping this paper. is why our podcast yeah. is always two hours long. Yeah, anyway. uh, I'm right, sorry. Right. Yes. So Nora, buy that uh, wrapping paper, please. <laughs> Nora L. <laughs> um, okay, so Frank and Claire have this like great little moment, and I, I guys, I kind of blanked out a little bit during the frisbee scene. So maybe you can fill me in. This is like when Bill Murray's dressed oh. like a dog, and then yeah. his oh, boss asks man. him for dinner, and then he gets in a fight with Claire. But I don't know what happened. 
I have two things to say about this scene. One, the cab driver um, losing it, that he knows where the bone is. Like, it's a bone. I love it's that. It's a bone, uh, you lucky dog. <laughs> that is amazing. He, <laughs> and now he's I'm, so happy. He's so he's happy. He's so excited. I wish I would have saved it for my home right now. Um, but <laughs> he's so funny. Um, but then I do have this like uh, note of it is, even though Claire is the better person, um, it is a bit of a conundrum, right? Of like, he's presented, so like, um, he's presented with the option of he just got invited to dinner by the head of the network on Christmas Eve. Uh, and Bill Murray clearly wants to move up from being yeah. lucky dog or whatever, um, or Frisbee. And having Christmas Eve dinner with your best friends, Kate and Tom or somebody. Um, and so I was like, that's that's a tough one if you're in the private sector, right? It really is like this, ooh. Um, I think Kate, I think Claire, I mean, I would just follow Claire anywhere and Bill Murray's such a jerk about it. But right. I also am like, this isn't an easy decision. So I don't know. No, I definitely you... mentioned that Well, when the same scene came up of that, yeah, I'm sure he's continued to be an asshole and this is sort of just a straw, but I mean, just going to that dinner was probably the right move. Mm. Yeah, kind of. And like, oh, I oh wait, like... okay, wait. So this dinner is like the pivotal dinner. Yeah, I think it wasn't, I don't think they broke up after that, which is sort of what I thought while watching it, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's just sort of the starting to split apart. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because okay. then she says we should take a break and it's clearly not the first thing. I mean, I hope not anyway. Then she is really unreasonable, but- yeah. Have you ever have you guys ever been in a relationship where you take long breaks? Yeah, they're the worst and never do them because it's fake. Okay. Yes. I have done that twice and it's just yeah. I Ugh. just I I haven't really because I'm like, if you're what does that mean? Anyway. I don't yeah. Know. With it's like a, a college idea. girlfriend I did it with. Uh and it's very yeah, painful. It, and it it's seldom it's seldom mutual is I think right. the problem. Mm. So it's like uh I guess if it's totally mutual, maybe it could right. work out. But yeah. Well, I'm talking about like a monogamous relationship too. No, like yeah, but it's yeah. not It's not usually both people's idea. It's usually, right. I feel like it's usually people that like have a lot of respect for each other yeah. that one person wants out and one person doesn't. So like the concession is you take a break and it's usually just like, oh, not great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we see Ross it didn't really work for Frank. Yeah, and Ross and Rachel. We were on a break. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay and then again like i think there was like a part i like kind of tuned out a little bit like i just wrote like frank and homeless shelter they're calling him dick what's happening i was pretty confused here oh i know oh well i read about the dick thing um i think it's an allusion to a character that bill murray uh did on saturday night live so it's like this insider thing. I can't remember the character's name oh. now. Yeah, but it was like an impression he did of Richard Burton, somebody. It seemed like very Shakespearean, did. the thing he was yeah. like. Okay. It was yeah. like an impression that Bill Murray used to do on SNL that he ends okay. up like doing. And it it almost sounds like, it seems like he's having a breakdown. You're like, what is he doing? Um, but I just read that because okay. I didn't understand at all what was happening in this. Season. I know, and I was like, are these homeless people or, sorry, the, I, the, I don't, the folks that are at the shelter, I'm like, are they, like, famous? Or should I know them? Like, I didn't get a good look at their face, which, of course, made that scene all, later on. 
three were big character actors. Like one uh, okay. was from Throw Mama from the Train and Goonies. The yeah. woman. Um, She's the woman. So great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I recognized her. The guy who ends later freezes in the subway vent. He's a famous ah. character actor. I've seen, he's just been in a bunch of stuff. He's and then, away. That's a terrible way. To, well, the, is it not? I think it's a good way to die. I think it's supposedly you just sort of get tired. You and, just get tired and you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. With your eyes open. It's got to be like top 10. Well, I don't think that actually happens. That's. I do BS. think that is a top 10 way to die, by the way. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> dark, dark podcast. Yeah. yeah. Death pod. yeah. Um, okay. So then um, we see the fairy. Oh, and she is a character. I recognize her. Carol Kane from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Right. Yes. And uh, which I abbreviated UBK Schmu. And then I was like, <laughs> what did I write and why? Is, oh what's gosh. wrong with me? Um, Nora recognized her voice. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. She was like, this woman sounds exactly like... And I was like, yeah, because and, it I was, is. and she's she's doing it up a little bit, probably for this like elfish um, ghost. But I was thinking like how much I wonder, like how much Carol Kane plays up her voice. But I don't think that much because I've heard her interviewed and she just has this like yeah. very like soprano voice. Um, but yeah, she, what a saccharine yeah. abuser is what I have written down. <laughs> and she and also Bill Murray apparently hated everything about this like she would sort of cry for like 20 minutes on yes. set just i guess the sort of i don't know what precipitated that but she just hated the character and just everything about it and then uh the lip scene where she grabs bill murray's lip which was his idea mm. she like severed the little piece of skin between the gum yeah. and the lip which just sounds awful oh wait in yes. the top no at the bottom of your lip oh if you yeah. feel that one little piece in the middle mm -hmm. Everyone listening at home, <laughs> test it out. Uh, you find that, and that's what Ugh. ripped. Yeah. Not yeah, because he was yeah. having her, like, really hit him. And, it. yeah, I think nobody, nobody Even with was the having toaster. fun. Yes. <laughs> Which I did think that, like, there is something where, like, once it gets insane, it is enjoyable to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. The toaster stuff is like, okay, yeah, now yes. But the, I don't know, some of the irritating the hitting, ear pulling. Yeah. It's like, ugh. What about the elaborate, like, she, like blows glitter in his face and it creates an X and then she winds up and punches him. I'm like, that's a big setup for that bit. Like I know. Yeah. All of it's just abuse. Yeah. But when I first saw that character, I my immediate thought was I want to be her for Halloween. That would be a deep Didn't enjoy dive. Yeah. Ooh, right. Like would that's be a, a deep dive. And like there was something about the costume of it. She had these like little stars kind of like on her like shoulders and stuff and i was like that's cute i would i would like to be that for halloween i think um but yeah it was it was uh a lot of glitter another i i think when we end up doing our trivia pod there's a few about how much glitter uh the glitter budget um so we talked about this a little bit earlier but um they go to the window of grace's house and that's where we like learn super abruptly that grace's husband was killed yeah um, dark. By, very dark very like and like that's why calvin doesn't speak but that their house is warm and loving and they're like you yeah. know taking care of each other and, and all of this which although i will say in bill murray's defense if someone wore black for a year in new york city i wouldn't <laughs> notice 
Like no, it's just I think that's, that's the costume. That's especially the in, in the media City. industry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's totally. just that's her color. And she looks nice in it. Yep. Um, so we also like cut to the brother's house where they're playing Katie and my favorite game. Well, and yours too, Philip. Yeah. Uh, Trivial Pursuit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the brother's girlfriend, I don't, that's an actress too that I recognize. She's from, She's, is it church from uh, Just Shoot Me? Yeah. Yes, that's it. I think her, it. her real name is Wendy Malik or her name is yep, Wendy in this right. and her real name is Wendy. But yeah. I really enjoyed her jewelry. I just want to point that out. She had this very like chunky metal jewelry she was wearing. She's great. Yeah. She's always been likable, even as characters that are made. Like I think her Just Shoot Me character wasn't supposed to be that likable, but she she just always comes across as very likable. She was also in this HBO show that I don't know if you guys ever saw um, called Dream On that was like from the perspective of somebody it's actually kind of similar from the perspective of somebody who was a tv writer and he'd always have like these flashbacks to tv but she was like the ex-wife anyway Mm -hmm. i watched as a kid and i really i like her i think i kind of had like a crush on her in that and and just shoot me okay yeah okay um and then uh maybe i'm skipping ahead so please tell me yeah i think we can skip yeah okay yeah then frank frank ends up like underneath the World Trade Center, he says. I Trump swear. Tower. Oh, Trump, the Trump Tower. Tower. I think he says, okay. what is this Trump Tower? So he uh, okay. This is where he sees Herman from the shelter who's frozen alive, which is very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Um, although very good makeup as well, again. Yeah. Um, but then he emerges on the set of Scrooge. And this is like, it's just like chaos. <laughs> There's so much chaos that's happening. Um, and he starts like hiding behind the little people who why are there little people in the christmas carol specifically because they're putting everything into this movie i mean they have the solid gold dancers that's true um and he sees what he thinks is the ghost of christmas future because he's waiting for it but it's the actor playing the ghost of christmas future in the elevator which is funny yeah um and then uh, it's the night of the live Scrooge. He's up in his office. And he's up in his office and he gets a photo from his brother. But it's the Christmas gift. It's like, yeah. I mean, and you can, nostalgic, you can tell that the brother, I was trying to isolate his relationship with the brother. Cause I'm like, is this relationship unrealistic? Cause Bill Murray is such a jerk, but you can tell that he has, he's decently good to his brother like they have a fine relationship and the brother just like idolizes him because he's his big brother so i guess he just ignores his brother is what i think he just like doesn't show up he just doesn't show up but like even when they were talking on the street he's like i love you i hope you have a good christmas whatever like i love you like you you know what i mean like he'll say all the right things he just like doesn't show up i think he's yeah so then um, this is the scary scene where bobcat goldthwaite comes back with a gun to shoot frank yeah, sort of. Um, I, this one, I wonder, with just how many just sort of workplace shootings there are, they really couldn't do this for laughs. Yeah, uh, and like I think this, I think this was probably at the beginning of the whole going postal stuff, where yeah. like it probably was like isolated some isolated incidents, so they wanted to cash in on it. But now it's just like not funny. It just happens just, way too often. That, yeah. yeah. My one note is that, like, at least he brought just a shotgun, so he really can't hurt that many people. Right. I was thinking about that's how Great. messed up our world <laughs> yeah, is. Exactly. That I was thinking, okay, well, at least with a shotgun, he has to stop every few moments and, like, 
Oh my god. It was upsetting me. Because um, there's like a uh, gun law commercial that has someone going into their work with like a, a front-loading musket and of just like, this is what like oh, the founders were worried about when it came about is that because oh. he like shoots and misses and then he's like reloading for like oh yeah two minutes yeah paula poundstone has a joke about that um which is a good one i recommend it hmm. um so frank falls into the elevator at like just the right moment he avoids getting hit by the gun and death which I think this is where Philip's uh, level comes in, but I think this is like just like a really freaking cool character, oh. and I love that like yeah. as oh, a totally. TV for a face, it's like perfect. Yes, yes, it's super cool. Um, and this is where like Bill Murray starts to see the future, and like poor little Calvin is now like in an asylum. Which that's oh, the worst one. Yeah, uh, it is the worst one, and I'm not sure what Bill Murray is supposed to do about it. Like it. You know, like a, a Christmas bonus isn't necessarily gonna change this outcome. I was, I was wondering. You know, yeah, what, I was like, I think it's our healthcare system that needs some right, help there. Um, yeah, but maybe him not caring about it and being sort of one of the not titans, but like head yeah. high up in the industry and really trying to keep his employees um, underpaid. So. Yeah. And he does say something like he knows the head of pediatrics at NYU or something. So I guess it's like, well, if you cared about it, you could do something. I, I did have a note after this because he says that, like he sees it and he's like, well, we can fix this. We can do something about it. And like, I don't know if they meant to, but this movie does a really good job of that. Like, um, I I associate more with conservatism, but like this, this rich men that are really good and helpful if you're at the table with them. Um, and otherwise yeah, they're just yeah. not focused on systemic issues or their imprint in the world at all. But if you're at the table with them, they'll do everything they can to help you, you know, cause like they want to alleviate that immediate guilt. And like, that's kind of who he is. And I was like, yeah, that, that checks out. Cause I don't believe that people are like just totally heartless, terrible, want to see people suffer, but they, the big picture is like right. beyond them. Completely agree. Mm. Uh. So, uh, and this is where we see Claire made up as the, the rich, <laughs> rich, rich mime. lady, rich mime. Um, and uh, we learned that like, it's all like Frank's fault that she's a rich bitch now because, it, because like, Lumpy told her to get out of the like. Right. The Alan is like, Claire, you know, Claire, Claire has some free will there. <laughs> no, know. she did not. He put the mime makeup on her. Uh, yeah, I also want like to see the progression for how she goes from uh shelter worker owner whatever <laughs> to sort of you know rich like yeah you i know, know upper east side you know shooing away right. the vagrants like how did she get that much money question for me yeah because if i decided tomorrow to get out of the nonprofit field i don't know what steps i would take to end myself hey, right. in that table. you and me both let's get out of the nonprofit <laughs> yes, world and dive I mean, head or first anybody on this call right like how Just, do you do right. that? i like, think if you're is... like baking and you get like a little flour on your face <laughs> then you're like that looks good let me yeah. keep going and then right. suddenly you look like a mime um but but then Bill Murray sees himself like going into the incinerator at his own funeral, Aye. which is weird. What, what this is the one that gets him. I don't get. That's it. That's what gets him, right? Meaning that and he's gonna like, die someday. Anything. Right. He doesn't learn I mean, a thing. I was so convinced. Here's what I 
uh, I thought it was his brother. I mean, he thought it was his brother. And then I just like didn't understand how it was worse that it was him because like the age of everybody is like, well, you were young, but like not that young. And how is this? He hasn't learned anything. It's the most selfish feeling he has in the whole future part. I don't understand. And I guess this is straight from Christmas Carol that, you know, the ghost pushes him in the grave. I'm pretty sure I'm taking this just from the Disney version, but um, I think if they had made that switch to, it's the brother that died and somehow he's there or isn't there. You know, I think that would be more impactful from the just, he's going to die and he's freaked out about that. It's like everyone fucking dies, you know? Right. And that's kind of the switch, I guess, that they make in it's a wonderful life is like spoiler that the brother, uh, like in the glimpse of, well, it's a wonderful life is all like what would happen if you had never lived. Right. That's the whole thing. And then he realizes like his brother would have died because he saved him from falling through the ice and da 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 da. So I think I was just expecting the whole brother thing because the brother seems to be a real soft spot for him. But yeah. Yeah. It's him. And then he's, as a kid, I really, I think it was like the music and just the tone that shifted where like, man, when he's in the casket burning alive, which is so interesting because then he's like, I don't want to die. But it's like, I don't think the, the rich executive of that company wanted to die. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like yeah. I want to live. And it's like, you've always wanted to live. It's just right. an interesting learning experience. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, so he emerges is the most manic person in the world. Yes. Um, which I have to say that belly blows on a employee <laughs> are probably sexual harassment. I um, was thinking about, cause Carol Kane does it to Bill Murray, but then when Bill Murray did it to Bobcat, I was thinking like, I wonder what their conversation was before doing that. Like how clean Bobcat had to guarantee that his belly was. Cause they're all like really doing that. Um, which is kind of uh, gross. I think they the, just went for it. It was the, the other, I know the other note I have is like, um, at this point, Bob, Bill Murray is like just laughing, like very manically, like, like you said, Phil, and you can see how many fillings he has almost yeah. like all of his like top teeth at the back are filled. It's interesting. I think dental care has improved since the 80s. They at least if use clear in- fillings. Like they don't use black fillings anymore. I, think. I metal remember fillings seeing metal fillings oh, metal, yeah. in people when we were kids. And I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a shameless plug. I've never had a cavity, you guys. So, oh my God. I don't know what it's Boom. It's pretty yeah. good. I just want to share good. that. I think I've had like one or two. Oh, two. Okay. Two. All right. We got good teeth on this good podcast. Good teeth. I'll let you know um, after my next check, though, because I think I have more. But oh, go you ahead. do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been Spoiler putting alert. off going to the dentist. So, so yeah, did we do. get? So there's just a lot of chaos, right? Like you, you mentioned the the manic. Are we are we at the TV yeah, station? Yeah, we're that. Yep. Okay. We are. So yeah, like um. Like they're, we've got like Bobcat Goldthwait in the booth. He's like threatening people because, because what does Frank want? He wants to take over the the live show and do what? He wants to prove I that I think, his yeah. life lessons. Yeah, I think that's it. Who is the man playing Scrooge in the? It's oh, um, Buddy Hackett. Oh, right, Hackett. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we see Buddy Hackett like having his morning on the Christmas morning yes. where he's like. So that kind of means that the play, the show is almost over. Also, like this kind of live action, like musical dance play thing. I don't know how much that was happening in the, in the 80s. Maybe it was, but like, then it had like a resurgence recently. They've kind of been doing more things like that yeah. on TV. 
So I don't know if that's like advanced or behind, but it's kind of interesting. Um, Although I, there was one thing I read that there's a scene where he flips a coin and it goes in slow motion and you oh, literally yeah. can't do that on a right. live broadcast. I thought about that where they're like, and close up on the coin and it's going in slow motion. And I'm like, <laughs> it's How? slow down time. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and uh, like then Bill Murray has this like sermon where he's like preaching about miracles. And I lost, I was like, what is he oh. saying? And it, he talks for so long. So I did, I did read that he improvised that, that they okay, had this it's whole clear. speech. Yeah. They had this whole speech for him and he was like, let me just do it. And then I think the two director, the two writers were like, what was that? Cause he, I, or I guess, I mean, I was just reading this, so who knows, but that they like honestly thought he might be having a breakdown because he was so manic and just kind of off script and just like going on and on. Mm. But, but it comes across as like genuine because it seems very unplanned yeah. <laughs> and he repeats himself so many mm. times. He repeats okay. like the miracles in your heart. I'm ready. You're ready. Just like o over and over and over again. He also like, once again, sexually harasses one of his employees yes. um, with the mistletoe. And Claire, and... Claire is seeing this, yeah. so I'm not yeah. sure how he's winning her back. And we... she's into it, though. <laughs> yeah, we've already shown she... that she has a low bar. You know? <laughs> not Claire. Maybe Claire's into it. Maybe they have a, a little moment. The oh, the woman, them, yeah. That woman was like, oh, yes, yeah. come to me, kiss me. Um, and then the woman that has been her, that's been beat up a million times does it to Clamp, who's tied up. Um, yeah. under the mistletoe. And at the end Wait. of the credits, it sounds like you can hear him laughing, but maybe not. I don't know. Which Clamp? I guess now's a good time to talk yeah. about Clamp. I so about he, I didn't get from this movie, from his scenes, he seemed a little smarmy, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Agreed. I yeah. think he's like truly trying a to puppet? sure he'd help, but he, I don't know. I he's, totally agree. I was trying to get my finger on the pulse of it when he, when at one point Bill Murray comes back from one of his levels and he's like, I tell everybody to go to lunch and Clamp is like, oh, okay, everybody come back. Frank wants to tell you to go to lunch. He he like borderlines on sassy sure. and sarcastic, but he seems like he's doing a good job. And then at some point he says like, all right, well, it'll be your last day. Like, I guess he knows he's there to replace him, but like Bill Murray is a terrible boss that he's abuses terrible. people. So Clamp is a good boss that is nice to people. So I, yeah, I didn't yeah, really And like, either. is B Bill Murray's not going to have his job and neither is Bobcat Goldthwait. Like once this whole thing is over, right? Or are they? Well, these things turned out okay in the end. That's the other thing that this like reformed um, Bill Murray somehow thinks it's appropriate to hold your employees at in, hostage at gunpoint. I mean, like, yeah. that's nuts. Like Bobcat, no one in that booth is having fun. I mean, they're being held hostage. Oh, and how long was this happening for yeah. Claire to get in a car and drive there? Well, there is a little bit of a um, um, MacGuffin. There's some magic in this because she gets into the cab oh, with true, the cab true, driver. True. Yeah. Like with oh, she ghost. does? Oh, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, because he says, what floor? You know, like as if you oh, can Oh, maybe legit floor. that was cut out of the TV version. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she gets in with um, the dog ghost. In what I saw, she just <laughs> appeared there. Hmm. So there is some like what whenever she wants a cab, I think he can he can probably time travel her there. Right. Gotcha. But good okay. question. Uh, and then Calvin talks, you guys, and he says, yeah. "God bless us, everyone." He whispers it. I mean, I I haven't written. Do you guys feel the same way? We're like this would be terrible TV. This would be terrible television. 
right? Yeah. Like if you well, were watching, if you had sat through a whole um, production no, of Scrooge. I, I think I'd be really intrigued about what was happening. Well, It'd be very but, like, like train wrecky that yeah. you'd want to watch, but. Well, that's my question. Like, sure, it's like a shit show and it's like, oh my God, is somebody losing it on air versus like, is this great television and this guy is like actually invoking the spirit of Christmas? Definitely not the latter. It's the former, right? Yeah. I guess maybe, I mean, ratings are ratings. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Um, There was a little favorite line I had there where Bill Murray's hugging Claire and he says, I feel like I'm holding a Marlin. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? Well, I think because he had to like carry her. It was like like carrying a Marlin that he caught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I didn't really appreciate. Like she, she doesn't want to be in front of the whole world, and I don't know why he felt compelled to, except for he, the fact that it would end the story. He's still sort of an asshole. It's just a different asshole. Like yeah. he pretty much beats up Bobcat Goldthwait, and you know, oh, yeah. just throws chunks him around. He's all over the place. Yeah, it's. You guys think that Claire and Frank are going to be happy? No, I don't either. I think she turns into the actual <gasps> future fine. vision oh, man. through this action. I think Calvin's fine. Um, I do think Frank <laughs> is still going to die one day. Um, <laughs> and so one out of three ain't bad, I guess. What? Uh, I, I didn't get to show you guys. <laughs> These are the illustrations I drew during this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got a Christmas tree and a bearded man. Really weird. The hipster Santa. Wanted to show you that. Uh, It's very very interesting to me because I love Christmas movies. And I was like very excited that this was our, like I'm loving this time that we're in. But I don't think, this is not about is it for real, but this doesn't fit my Christmas like genre. But I get why it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely about Christmas. Que- questions? Yeah, did we have any questions? I had one, and I'm sort of excited that oh. it didn't come up mm-hmm. because it didn't dawn on me till my couchmate, Nora L, asked it. And she was like, why didn't Frank, Bill Murray, realize that he's going through the story of a Christmas carol since he's producing the movie A Christmas Carol? Like, he never once is like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting Christmas caroled. I thought he did because he he was waiting for the the ghost of Christmas future to come, right? Because he gets the rules explained to him at the beginning by his golf ball boss. Oh, hmm. And he gets told you're going to be visited by these three ghosts. Blah, 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 you know, is it because he's not self aware of his own like shittiness, or I think he does know he's kind of shitty. I don't but- know. Yeah, or maybe the maybe that's the answer is just because the rules are explained to him that sort of doubles over and yeah. but there should have been hmm. it's a good question. or maybe the Christmas Carol wait no that doesn't make because he's producing that producing that film the the live show yeah good question uh, it's a really that's good the one question. question I had very astute uh, Katie any questions on your I'm, end I'm, of things I don't right. have any questions my um couchmate slash medical consultant fell asleep pretty okay fair enough <laughs> it's a rough time to be a medical yeah. consultant uh, that's everybody actually freaking wear a mask thanks yeah uh let's do hummers bummers and, and dumbers starting with hummers uh no starting with dumbers 
<laughs> what I've do you guys think was dumb? I've got I to feel- say, I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to go quickly because I was struggling to come up with one because we talked about a lot of things, um, but yeah. I'm just going to go back on, I guess I think it was um, dumb only reading in retrospect that the director didn't let the writers and Bill Murray just go for it. Like, um, I, I, I guess I would have originally said that the screaming, Bill Murray screaming was dumb. And I think I'm just going to summarize it as like, just let Bill Murray be Bill Murray. Just let him do it so it's unfortunate it's regretful that they didn't so yeah uh mine's a quick one as well mine is just gonna be that spinny game that calvin solves <laughs> oh my god like if you figure this out it's a one-off game you can't play it anymore that you just spin it and that's how you win the game what a good dumber and we didn't talk about it what was the what is the figuring out of that? You just figure out how to spin it as a top. Oh, and keep well, the balls because everyone right tries to like get them oh. all together, but he realized, oh, you just spin it and then it like goes. And, then it and if that's really the solution out. of the game, then like you can play Terrible that only game. once. And you're just Good like point. Bloom. that's a fantastic dumber. Yes. I'm gonna say I think it's dumb to photocopy your butt. <laughs> and give it out as a gift uh, to people because I'm not trying to shame this woman, but it does, it does set us back a bit. I think if you are actively photocopying your own ass slash under bits um, and then handing it to your boss and like, yeah, was Bill Murray like the copies. male guy then, or was he like a little bit more advanced than that? I wasn't a little more advanced sure. is my feeling. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, I just think like she, sh- you know, maybe she was in her feelings. She had had a few cocktails, but maybe not the best idea. Could come back to haunt you. Yeah. Speaking of the Christmas care. Uh, what about, uh, what's, what made you bummed out? I, I, think, I, oh, I, I, was, I just have a specific bummer. I'm always... I'm very bummed out always when movies show children with like two inches between them and a TV screen. I don't like it. It's gross to me. It's like, I don't know, this could be a whole different podcast of uh, Katie's shame and embarrassment complex, but it's like, it's like societal shaming on parents that raise their children that way or on children too. It's like, don't watch the TV too close. And it's just like such, I'm sure that they did that, but it's like such an old trope. It's like, I get it. They shouldn't do that. Stop telling me. Apparently it's not bad for you though. Yeah. I I just don't like it is though. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't need to see it anymore. Well, I'm very, very bummed out by how Grace's partner was killed and that yeah. it was dropped in like a pin drop yeah. into the story. And that again, like as the trope of like this like single black mother who has to like not only hold down a badass job working for a dickweed um, and do her job really well, but then like be a good mother and like keep everybody fed and safe and happy and laughing. Yeah. And like, you know, she's, I, I, again, that actress is amazing, but I'm just like, ugh, I just, I am really bummed out by that situation. Cause like yeah. Bob Cratchit had a partner. <laughs> he had a wife. So true. she could yeah. have a wife. Well, I think this is where uh, Bobcat Goldthwait steals 
10 percent of the story because he has the wife who then leaves him right um but in the muppets christmas carol miss piggy does not leave kermy no she stands by her man because they got a bond um my bummer is going to be sort of several bits from the end but it's just sort of this turnaround of a character who's been an asshole for let's say 10 years easy and then he has like 10 minutes of manic behavior and people were like, Oh yeah, he's a solid guy. <laughs> and you know, that's, yeah. let's just, you know, reward him with all this sort of stuff. And it's just also in general, just the sort of saccharine bits of the end of the movie just annoyed me. I mean, yeah. but I, I blame that on a Christmas Carol. Cause that both of those sort of totally Charles Dickens. Blame it on um, the Dickens. Yeah. It's just that, that heel turn, at the end and it just i think it's overdone um i actually have a dickens day i have a bummer question because i guess i didn't put this in my bummer because i wasn't sure about it at the end they flash to all of the ghosts and it seems like one is herman is that true yes he's dead so he actually died yes he was frozen to death bummer yeah, I, think he, <laughs> I yeah. was surprised nobody said that as their bummer i was kind of like waiting for herman's death to be a bummer but like he froze to death and then he was a ghost at the end i only i mean i will replace my bummer because i can deal with children watching tv if herman's alive like that <laughs> no, he, he died he died he died how true to the plot right because actually you know if he hadn't died we might have had it as a dumber because it's like no it's he's present dead. Because it's present because he can't do anything about it, right? Yeah. Like, no. yikes. I know. That's why that I'm so upset. That is rough. And Murray gives him that joke of like, I really should have given you that $2, I guess, right? Yikes. Um, yeah, that was pretty dark. This, I remember as a this kid. This isn't his progression like, to becoming a better person. And he's making those sorts of jokes yeah. to a corpse. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, let's talk about Hummers. I'd like to go first. Yeah. Please. It goes off of Katie's about people watching TV too close. Um, but my Hummer is th- those cats at Preston's house, just in yeah. general, like all of the cats yeah, that he rescued. Totally. But then the cats staring at the TV because he had like a separate TV for them just to watch cat television. Um, and I was like, I love Preston and his wife. They're kind of like the rich boss and wife from National Lampoons, but like nicer, I guess when you like cut to their mansion and they're just doing like mansion-y things on Christmas Eve, Christmas, whatever. They seem like fairly reasonable people. Yeah. So that's my Hummer. Uh, Mine is going to be the dog suit that Bill Murray is wearing. Um, It is sort of an unconventional Hummer, but the realism with which they showed this suit, having worn many, many suits uh, for like the pagoda lighting and different things like that. Totally. These things are hot. They wear you out. And Bill Murray takes it off. He's sweaty as hell. And then he's constantly wants to sit down because yeah. he's got like 60 pounds of foam around him. And I just thought, wow, that's that's very, very accurate that his portrayal of someone who has to run around on stage and just blistering, tired, sweaty. Yeah. Um, I loved that too um and and noted it so my hummer is it probably should have been the it's a bone you lucky dog because i laughed out loud for a long time 
Yeah, uh, so good. But I'll I'll um quickly say it was one of Bill Murray's lines, I guess, when he pops back up from whatever level um and he's like congratulating like he's he's congratulating the the crew and he's like break a leg everybody. I I feel real weird about tonight. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny yeah. and very like Bill Murray. So, yeah. Should we talk about what we're wearing? Yes. Okay. Um, Philip, I really, speaking of dog costumes, Mm -hmm. I really have appreciated that you've dedicated this whole podcast to wearing such a heavy, overwhelming dog costume. Um, but I appreciate that, like, it's a dog who's dead. Sorry. It's like, (laughs) I I love dogs, but like, I can see the makeup effects that you tried to do on the costume. And I, you probably won't be able to return it to party city or wherever you rented it. But, um, it looks very realistic. Very realistic. Uh, Katie. Oh, yeah. Um, I see not only is this a costume, but you have created your whole room that you're in right now to look like the inside of a skull. Right. And you are dressed up as a mouse and you have an oversized <laughs> golf ball. Get ready. You are Get ready for it. Pushing forward. So it's this, it's this very meta, you know, uh, what about the movie from the perspective of this mouse? And yeah. I really enjoy that. So well done. I'm Absolutely. glad you talked about that, Philip, because I was like, couldn't even find the words. Um, it's yeah. going to be a big, it's going to be a big payoff. Um, Bridget, I'm loving that, um, all over your face and neckline are those, um, X mark the spot glitter, just, just ready for someone, yep. some frantic, um, manic pixie nightmare girl <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To Carol Kane it. punch you in the face. Um, and then that, that awesome hat you have in like that I love New York style that just says yes. I I love Catovision. Thank you. I think it's true. It was hard to get that here on time because mail your Christmas presents early, everybody. The mail is yeah. backed up a bit. Uh, All right. Is it for real? It for real. It's your movie, Philip. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. I'll go first. Set the gauntlet down. Um yeah, it is for real. It it has, like I said, about five different moments that really wouldn't work anymore. Maybe watch the TV version and they'll be edited out. Yeah, um, although I I, so. you probably lose some other good jokes. Yeah. So I would say just be ready for them with watching this. But I, I think it is a, a solid movie. There's some bits, especially towards the end, where I think Bill Murray sort of cranks it up a little bit too high. But overall, I thought it's it's an enjoyable watch. Uh, I'm not huge, huge on Christmas movies, but I definitely recommend this one. I can go and say, um, yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's, I think it's for real or it is for real rather. Um, And I'm glad that I watched it before reading the things about it, about like Bill Murray not having a great time on set and how he was restrained because like now in retrospect, I can see that, but I had a really good time rewatching this and I think it really is um, a fun like take on the Christmas Carol. Um, and I, I, I like the mix of like special effects puppeteering and, and just Bill Murray, Carol Kane and, yeah. and Marion. And I think it's, and Alfre Woodard, I think is fabulous. Um, so yeah, I like it. It's for real. Uh, what if I like turned the dime on this and said it wasn't for real? You can. I'm not going to, I'm going to say it's for real. Um, <laughs> close? let's, well, I mean, I think like, you... I think I think we talked about the moments that aren't for real, and I think that's an important thing to note in this yeah. podcast. 
And as somebody who loves Christmas movies and like mm-hmm. wants to go through my whole list every year of the Christmas movies that I love, like I'm not, like I said, I'm not adding this to my, yeah. my repertoire, right. but I, I think Bill Murray is like really phenomenal. And I think he's, he's great in this. And I, I do just like appreciate an interesting retelling of the Scrooge story. I love, love, love all the makeup effects. Like you said, Philip, I think they're really cool. And knowing that we've talked about like the world before CGI, it's so cool to see how they do things. So I'm going to say it is the real. Three for three. Three for three. And here's my song of the week. Nice. know who those two singers are uh it's a male or female <laughs> Peebo bryson and good guess Mebo tyson you, not Mebo tyson do you have I any don't. guesses i don't al green is the male's oh, voice yeah and annie lennox uh, oh. i read this last this. night and uh and this 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 is the video officially for the movie and it's interspliced with annie lennox and al green and scenes from scrooged you mean that's the video for that song is a scrooged this version of it which is not the original version of the song oh but this is the song that is sung for a very long time at the end of the movie yeah uh put a little love in your heart which is an older song i think and I might be wrong, so fans, be sure to tell us. But Jackie DeShannon, I think, is the original okay. singer of that song. Um, but and other people have um, remade it, like Casey I, and the Sunshine Band and Sonny and Cher. And so, I thought it was cool that they didn't end on a Christmas song. Actually, it was kind of it kind of brought you out of like, oh yeah, this is like a yeah. and, made in the. 80s. I like the interactive credits as well. That apparently was inter- improvised, that Bill Murray improvised that. Um, and I didn't you wonder, like, if you'd seen it in the theater, like how many people I participated? did see it in the theater. Did people I was, I was trying to rack my I want to say we did. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope it was. I mean, you could I don't know. It's hard to not interact with Bill Murray. <laughs> if yeah. you watch it on TV, by the way, they cut away from that for a little bit to like show some yeah. of the preview for the next movie. And That's then- a bummer. But you get to see most of it, and then they, like, run the credits super-duper-duper fast. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Um, So we're in the holiday spirit, and my pick is next week. I've I've picked Home Alone 2, which I've never seen, and I love Home Alone. And so if anybody in our pod-diverse feels very passionate about this movie, I haven't chosen yet who's going to talk about it. So let us know. I bet I can get a good intro for us. All right. You let me know. Macaulay yeah, Culkin. Somebody who Michael Jackson. Macaulay Culkin. Michael Jackson. Yep. Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. All right. Well, thanks, Philip, for for your suggestion. And I hope everybody feels the holiday love and spirit coming their way this uh, holiday season. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! Yeah. More yeah. little love in your heart. 